All right, so here's what I want to do. Why don't you go ahead and grab your Bible, get a piece of paper out, get ready to take some notes today. I want to, I want to just start off by just, I know I've already prayed for you, but I want to go ahead and pray again that no distractions will happen. I want you to be distraction-free as possible. I know it's difficult. Some of you got little kids running around, but let's be focused. Remember, we're in church right now. We're not watching Netflix. We're not watching a TV show. We're in church. We are in the online campus of Solid Rock Church all over the world. I was just checking the messages earlier from people that were commenting uh, on our on our uh, live stream on YouTube and Facebook Live. We have people watching from Florida. These are just a few of them. Georgia, Tennessee, Arkansas, different countries, Kenya, Costa Rica, and then, of course, all over the state of Alabama and the southeast. What a blessing it is. Father, I just pray right now that every distraction will be removed, that people's hearts and their minds will be prepared and open, God, to hear the Word of God. This is not a time to scroll. Stop the scroll. Press play. Set the phone down. Don't keep it in your hand because unless you have to, you can't sit it down and look at it. Just don't be tempted to scroll. Don't be tempted to hit that back button and, and then say, I'll come back in a minute. Be focused. If this is your church especially, if Solid Rock Church is your church, don't let anything distract you in the name of Jesus from staying with this service to the end. You have to tell yourself just like you would be if you were in this building. If you have to go to the restroom, you have to go to the restroom. I understand that. But come back just like you were be in this building. You would stay in this building until your pastor was through preaching. Stay on this stream until we close this service. You are in church right now. You are not watching a video. Can I get an amen from my amen section? Praise God. I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. And as long as I need to, I'm going to say it. Be responsible. Be uh, connected. Know what, what the leaders are saying and the experts are saying. Do your part. Wash your hands. Sing happy birthday twice. Why are you washing your hands, they say? Now, of course, the, the baby shark has come out now. I was, I was like, oh, are you serious? I'm trying to focus on the house of God, and I walk past, and it only takes a second. I walk past the news this morning, and now baby shark has made a song. Wash your hands, do, 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 do. Wash your hands, do, 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 do. Wash your hands, do, 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 do. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, do, 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 do. Wash your hands. I'm sorry. I was like, all right. So when I come to the office, I'm walking around here going, wash your hands. So wash your hands, okay? Wash your hands. Stay at home as much as possible. Social distance yourself. Can I tell you something? I understand what that word means. But there's a difference between social distancing during a pandemic and socially distancing and disconnecting yourselves from others. We have ways that we can stay connected. Don't disconnect. Don't come out of this situation that we're in completely disconnected socially. That is one of the things the enemy is going to try to do. The body of Christ is the center of the body of Christ is fellowship and love and connection. When they give us to go ahead to shake hands and hug and all that in public again, you better not be anywhere around me if you're an introvert because I'm going to hug you. I might pick you up and bear hug you. Ain't nobody going to stop me from hugging and shaking hands. And of course, most importantly, protect those that are vulnerable in your family, especially the elderly. 
Pray Psalm 91 over your family. Take advantage of the extra time and grow in the Lord. Worship daily. Turn the news off every once in a while. Turn some worship music music on and be faithful to your church. Whatever your church is, wherever your church Some people are watching us to attend other churches because their service times are different today. And you've got the blessing to be able to watch multiple services. We're glad that you're with us. Can I be real with you? We're blessed and honored that you're with us. But if you're connected to another pastor and you're connected to another church, do not send your tithes and offers to Solid Rock Church. Sow them into your church. Be faithful to your church. Can I get an amen? Somebody say this. I am full of faith and not of fear. I want you to say this with me too. You need to confess this. Somebody say this with me. This shall pass. What will I look like when it passes? Hmm. Where will my faith be? Will my faith be in the diagnosis of what the earth says? Whose report are we going to believe? When it comes out of this, we've got the church. Let me tell you something. The world is watching the church right now. The world is watching how we are responding. When we come out of it, we're going to come out with our integrity and our character. But I'm going to tell you something. We're going to come out of it with power. i got news for you. I've already heard it in the Spirit. Well, the first day we get to have service again back in this place, this place is going to be packed. There's going to be an expectation like I've never experienced in my ministry. People are coming, believing God for miracles. I'm telling you, I don't think it's by chance that in August of last year, God started telling this church to have miracle services. And oh, by the way, somebody asked me this week, well, next Sunday is the first Sunday. Are we going to have miracle service? Am I breathing? Of course we are. I'm going to be standing right on this stage and I'm praying for the sick. I'm praying for the hurting. I'm praying for the broken and I believe more miracles are going to happen in miracle service next Sunday night than any we've ever experienced. Listen, we're doing everything we can in this church to keep doing what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. I got up this morning, I got a God begin to speak a few things, and I started confessing it. I was driving down Highway 79 by myself, and this is what I shouted out. I shouted out loud in my truck. We are not going down, we are going up. We are not going under, we are going over. We are not breaking down, we are breaking through. We are not sitting down, we are rising up. The church is not at home today and didn't get to go to church. The church is always at home. The church is not a building. In fact, we ought to put a sign out there that says the church has left the building because we are the church. How many knows sometimes God will use things that the devil meant to destroy us with to turn for his good? Ain't that what the Word of God says? All things work to the good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God, I tell you something, the devil tried to destroy this earth and tried to destroy the people. But you know what it's done? It's kicked the church. Can I be real? I want to tell you about a drive, and I'm going to read some scripture that I had this week. I was driving to go get some supplies, and I was listening to the news. And I heard this come down. And I'm, I'm friends with our mayor, Mayor of Birmingham. I, I thank God for it. Love him. Love the brother. He's doing the best he can. And times are struggling. He's going through things that we can't imagine what he's going through. Jefferson County Commission, mayors of our town, governor, 
president of the, of the nation, the vice president, the Congress, both houses, they're going through things. They have information that we don't have. But one of the things that will start sweeping the, the nation right now and all around the world, quite frankly, is this term. Our mayor just, just proclaimed this. Certain mayors of large cities across this nation have proclaimed it. And some even governors have proclaimed it over entire states. And some nations outside of America have declared it over their whole nation. It's called shelter in place. So they have a couple called shelter in place um, mandate. And the shelter in place, quite frankly, it's really not a good term to use because they ought to call it a stay-at-home mandate because a shelter in place is, 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 is what is being told by James Spann. When James Spann got his jacket off, you know what I'm talking about? He got, you got his suspenders, he got his shirt unbuttoned, and he's sweating just a little bit. You'll hear him say, if you're in the polygon, what we need you to do is respect the polygon and shelter in place. That means wherever you're at, hunker down because a storm is coming. Are y'all with me? I said, are y'all with me? And I heard him say, our mayor has put in place a shelter-in-place order. Immediately, I heard the Lord say to me, I heard him in my spirit say, it's time for the church to shelter in place. It's time for the body of Christ, not out of fear, but understand that where you're at, that's what in place means. Where you're at, God has got a place of shelter. Oh, not shelter in fear. You ain't got to put a, a, a football helmet on and let, wrap, wrap yourself in a mattress. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in him there is a shelter. No matter where you're at, that can protect you from anything the devil is bringing you. Psalm 61 verse 1. Psalm 61 verse 1 says this. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth. Watch this. The whole earth. That's what it means. From every end of the earth. This is a cry that is going out all over the world. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed. How are they going to take care of their kids? Do you believe people are worried that their job is still going to be in place when they finally get to open the doors again? Do you believe people are overwhelmed, worried about, wonder if I'm even going to be able to open the doors of my small business anymore? Am I done? Am I over? Have I lost everything? Let me tell you something. There is fear that is gripping this nation. Do you know some states in one week, this is insane, in one week, some, nation, some states have increased filings for unemployment by 4,000% in one week. 4,000%. In Alabama, it's like 600% from one week to the next. That's a lot of people. No, that's not that many people. That's the percentage from one week to the next of people filing unemployment. I got news for you. When that many people are filing unemployment, when, when, when our government's got to pass a bill that's, that's, that's how many trillion, what, two trillion, something like that, two point something trillion dollars, and, and they're calling it only the first phase of what they think's going to, let me tell you, the people are overwhelmed. People are looking at their kids going, huh? You, and I don't know where it is in your, how it is in your state, but our state just proclaimed this week our kids are out of school for the rest of the year. Parents are overwhelmed going, what am I going to do? How am I going to, if I have to go to work, how am I going to take care of my kids? 
Who's going to take care of my kids? How, they, how am I going to guarantee they're going to be able to learn? Teachers. My daughter's a teacher. She didn't, when she went to college, they didn't teach her how to operate in an environment like this. They didn't teach her. They didn't teach all these teachers how to teach every student with different personality types and all different kinds of learning levels to teach them through a TV screen in their home. There's chaos. People are overwhelmed. Am I talking to anybody? When my heart is overwhelmed, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Listen to what he said. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I got to hurry because I got to come back and break this thing down. Verse 3. For you have been a shelter for me. Woo. You have been a shelter for me. A strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. You better slap somebody. No, no don't slap them. Give them, the, give them the, the pistol salute. You better shelter. Give them a pistol. Shelter in place. Finger gun. I couldn't think of what to call it. Finger gun. Thank you. What I call it. Pistol salute. <laughs> give them a pistol salute. I just, please do not. Hallelujah. God, somebody say this. I'm going to shelter in place. Woo! Where are you going to shelter? I'm going to shelter under the wings. I'm going to shelter in the place that God has provided for me in the midst of trouble and attack. Do you realize in these, in these four verses, God gives us four examples of how to shelter in place. The next time you hear somebody tell you shelter in place, I'm not telling you to disobey. You need to do what they're saying. You need to respect the order that's coming down because it's, it's, it's for your own good. But at the same time, you know, body of Christ, men and women of God, come on. I'm telling you, when you hear shelter in place, let something rise up inside of you. Oh, okay, okay, we're going to hang out the house here. We're going to protect our family. We're going to do our part to flatten the curve, as they say. We're going to do all that. Oh, but in this house, we're going to shelter in place now. We're going to shelter in place when this thing is over with, when the next attack comes, when a tornado comes, when a storm comes, or forget the natural occurrences, but when the enemy is coming in and trying to destroy me, we're going to shelter in place. Well, I wish somebody would help me preach. Somebody ought, ought to comment in the section right now, go ahead and preach, Bishop. Just go ahead and preach. Just tell it like it is. I will. Thank you. You gave me permission. The number one thing that it tells us he says, when my heart is overwhelmed, when attack is overthrowing me, when it looks like I'm going under instead of over, when it looks like I'm breaking down instead of breaking through, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I want you to show, before I, pre, before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, I want you to get this. You can't go there on your own. Oh, my God, there's a bunch of quiet people in this house right now. I said, you can't go there. You need him to lead you there. He's got to go before you. You can't get to the rock that's higher than you if the rock is not leading you to the rock. Huh? 
How many knows he's the chief cornerstone? He's the, he's the stone that the builders rejected. Lead me. Lead me. Somebody shout, lead me. I tell you what, the world's trying to lead you right now. The world's trying to manipulate you right now. The world's trying to control you. You know what I heard this week? I heard this week. Some government leaders and experts are saying, deal for us not to even shake hands anymore. For us to become, to get that out of our culture because of other flu and other things, we could just, we could just go ahead and isolate ourselves and not be connecting like we used to be. No. Come on, somebody. That ain't the way God created us. God said, for any two or three of you who touch and agree, he said, you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Huh? What'd you call it? I started calling a pistol salute again. What'd you call it? Finger gun. You shall give someone a finger gun and they shall recover. That ain't what it said. I know there's no extra power in the fact that I lay my hands on you, but I'm going to tell you something right now. In the, uh, by itself is what I mean. i got to do it in the name of Jesus. But the Bible says, if any is sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and God will raise them up. Some of y'all need to learn how to pray and anoint people in your family with oil. If you ain't got no oil, go get you go get you some, some Crisco or something. My God. I remember one time I, I, I fell out in the kitchen floor in massive migraine headache. It was more than a migraine. I thought I was having a brain aneurysm. I collapsed in the floor of my mother-in-law's house and she began to pray in the Holy Ghost over me and began to do what she could only, only she could do. My God, I, felt, I laid there. I thought I was going to die. She started yelling for somebody to get her oil bottle. I'll never forget it. And when they got the oil bottle, she had prayed for so many people, there wasn't no oil left in the oil bottle. She said, what am I going to do? And I don't know about your grandma or your mama, daddy, but used to, they'd save the grease. They'd put it in a little thing, a little pan there, and they'd reuse that grease. She had some grease in a pan re sitting on top of the uh, 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 stove. And she said, my God, take the cover off of that. Took the cover. She stuck her hands in that old grease, that Crisco-looking grease, had it all over her hands and slapped it on my forehead and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, devil, to get your hands off of my son-in-law, off of my pastor. And I promise you, in a moment, I went from thinking I was going to die to instantly being healed. I still believe in the power of prayer. I still believe in the power of prayer. Bunch of people are overwhelmed today. Bunch of people are badly. We need Jesus to lead us through this. So when we come out, we come out stronger. Huh? See, if we'll let the Lord lead us to where he wants to lead us through this, get this, hear this. We will be where we need to be when this is done so that God can use us to lead others to where we are at. Don't, don't become the one that leads others in a digressed faith. People need to see you with a faith that don't even make sense. Crazy faith. Crazy praise. A praise that don't make no sense. Lead me to the rock. Somebody shout, lead me. I think about this. When you see floodwaters rising, 
when you see rain and storms coming, and all of a sudden you see water starting to creep up to your door, and it starts coming up under the door and starts coming into your house, and people begin to say to you, a flood is coming. The dam is about to break. Your house is not going to make it. If you stay here, you're going to die. What do they tell you, church, when a flood is coming? In the natural, there's only one way to survive a flood. You got to go higher. Somebody shall go higher. See, that's what he's saying. The, a shelter from a flood is not to get under something. A shelter from a flood is to get above it. So, so the first way that God can help us shelter in place is when you feel like you are being flooded with attack after attack after attack, sickness after sickness after sickness. Why don't you cry out and say, Lord, I'm going to shelter in place. I need a shelter from these floodwaters. And the Lord will say, well, there ain't but one thing you need to do. You need to come up a little higher. Let him lead you to the rock. That word rock means mountain. Let him lead you to the mountain that is higher than I. What, what does that mean, higher than I? Higher than my current situation. Higher than where I'm at right now. Higher than my struggle. Higher than my pain. Higher than my financial lack. Higher than my worry. God said, if you stay right there, you're going to die. But let me lead you to a shelter that's higher than your situation. The flood, there is a flood sweeping this nation and this world. It's a pandemic. It's called coronavirus, COVID-19. It's done something. I heard Perry Stone say this this week, powerful. He said it's done something at, at, on a different kind of level that's not happened except for one other time in the history of the world, and that was the flood of Noah. And I already knew what I was preaching. He wasn't preaching about this, but that hit me because I knew the first part was going to talk about flood. He said, the flood of Noah shut the world down. We have a virus that has shut the world down pretty much. It's on its way. There are still things that are operating. But there's never been anything in our lifetime and anything that we could ever remember that at the same time in nations all around the world, businesses, governments, all of them are shutting down. Are you all hearing me? It's a flood, but I love this. Isaiah 59, 19 says this. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know what that word standard means? In the original language, it means a place to flee, escape, or hide. Woo! When the enemy comes in like a flood, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to a place to run to. Lead me to a place to flee and take my kids with me to escape. Are y'all hearing me, church? Then he says, oh, and I love that he says, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. He says, you have been a shelter for me. But then he says, a strong tower from the enemy. See, he shelter in place. Say it with me. I'm going to shelter in place. Sometimes 
A strong tower is what you need to protect your family. He is a strong tower that allows me, allows you to be higher than the enemy and gives you the ability to see him coming. One of the greatest advantages in an attack is to be able to see your enemy coming. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. There is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. It's called the gift of discernment. There's another gift called the gift of the word of wisdom. There's another gift called the word of knowledge. If there's ever been a time that the church needs to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, instead of saying it died off with the apostles, it is now. Because we need the gifts of the Spirit. We need, we need to be able to see things coming before they get here. Can I be real with you? Let's just be real. A lot of people are wondering... And I know some did. A lot of people are wondering, where were the prophets? Why didn't they see this one coming? Let me tell you something. We need less people with the name prophet and more people operating in the prophetic. We need some real prophets that can see things coming. The Bible says he don't send anything on the earth unless he first says it to his prophets. I wish somebody helped me preach. Thank you. Proverbs 18.10 says this, one of my favorite verses. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. What's this? And they are safe. Huh? See, see, when the floods come, we need to lead us to higher ground. When the enemy is coming for the sneak attack, we need him to shelter us, not down on the down below, but in a high tower so that we can see them coming. That the enemy can't shoot us, the enemy can't hit us, but more than anything, we are we feel a sense of safety because we have the upper hand. Oh my God, is it not time that the body of Christ gets the upper hand again? I'm tired of the devil having the upper hand on us. We need to have the upper hand on him. See, when the attack comes against your family. I'm not saying you ain't going to be attacked. I'm not saying that you, ain't going, that you ain't going to have to go through some stuff and fight some stuff. But wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great, even if you had to go through it, that you had a little forewarning, that you were able to see it coming, that you could just sort of sense something in your spirit, man, that would call you outside to get away and pray, to get away and fast? Oh, my God, I feel good. See, when the enemy's trying to get you with fear, the name of the Lord, I love that. The strong tower is the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a place to run. Jehovah Jireh, he is my provider. Let me tell you something. When you feel like you're going to lose everything, run to Jehovah Jireh. Come on. He is my provider. Let me tell you something. I thank God for our, our jobs and our bosses and those checks that are signed by certain people. But for the child of God, when it's all said and done, that is not our provision. Lead me. Put me in a high tower. Jesus, in the name of Sometimes you don't even know what to say. You just need to say Jesus. My children, I know you're watching right now. Great man of God lives in the state of Indiana. Watches us every week. I'm so crazy busy, I didn't get a chance to call you back. But I want you to know, you about made me run off the road yesterday. I, ain't, I, I don't usually ever get a call from my friend in Indiana. I usually get a text afterwards talking about my sermon. 
I'm driving down Carson Road yesterday, and I see he's calling me. Got one of them things in my truck that where I could talk hands-free. So I hit it on my steering wheel. I said, what's up, brother? You know what he does? For 10 seconds, he don't say hello. He don't say nothing. I didn't know he was going to call. For 10 seconds, he just starts speaking in tongues as loud as he could and said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and then he hung up. I'm telling you, it's one of the most amazing phone calls I've ever gotten in my life. I, was, I thought it was still us. At that moment, he, he knew I needed the name of Jesus spoken in my life. He knew, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost told him to call me. He prayed in the Holy Ghost, and he said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and hung up. I'm telling you, man, I didn't know what to do. I just, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how some of y'all feel about speaking in tongues. I just started speaking in tongues. I prayed in the Holy Ghost. I was like, my God, my spirit, man, is ignited. The name of the Lord, Jesus, is a strong tower. Let me know sometimes you don't know what, but see, here's the, here's the cool thing. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. The righteous don't run from it. People are afraid to say the name Jesus. Have y'all seen the commercial by Franklin Graham? I'm telling you right now, if anything has come out of this, something is happening that I have never seen happen in, the, in my entire life. There is a commercial running right now all over the, the America. I don't know, probably not many stations are allowing it to play. But he comes on. It's just him and the camera. And he says... I know we're in uncertain times and you're struggling with what you're going through, but I want to encourage you to call on the name of Jesus. He, said, he says these words. If you've never been born again, pray these words with me. Jesus, I am a sinner coming to you with my sins, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. From this day forward, I am a born-again Christian. And the commercial goes off. A commercial is leading people to Jesus. When people are trying to tell the church to shut up, God's got a remnant that is rising up saying, I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. You want to be safe? You want to shelter in place? You better not be ashamed of the name of Jesus. I've told this story for years. It's a true story because the person I heard tell it is a man of great character, and he, he witnessed he, he talked to the person this happened to. But many years back in, in this, many years ago, back in the 80s, when the Cold War was at its highest, when communism was, was the ultimate enemy of America, and, and communism was killing and anybody that called themselves a Christian in Russia, there was an underground church that had been meeting for a while, small church, but it was about like 20 people. They were praying in the, in, with no lights, complete secrecy. Somebody tipped them off that this church was happening. And Russian soldiers came in with orders from the communist government, stormed it with the machine guns drawn, lined them all up, made them get on their knees in execution style, put guns to their heads all the way across. Children, teenagers, babies, mamas holding babies, and said, deny Jesus Christ and you can leave. But if you don't deny Jesus Christ, you will be, you will be killed today. 
But we're going to count to five, and everyone in this room that will deny Jesus Christ can walk out of here, and we will let them go. But know that if you stay here and you continue to confess the name of Jesus, you will be killed. Out of those 20-something people, about two-thirds of them, unbelievable. But I don't know. You don't know what you would do. You think you know what you would do. These are people that really love the Lord, but fear gripped their heart, and they got up and they walked out with their kids. Left about 25% of the people, which is probably about five, five to seven people, shaking. Put, let them walk out, doors shut. All the soldiers pointed guns right in their forehead and said, one more chance. Deny Jesus and you'll live. And they all begin to sing in a Russian language, amazing grace. And they did not deny Jesus. So when those soldiers knew they wouldn't deny Jesus, the, the captain or the leader of that group of soldiers said, all right, put your guns down. And they got down on their knees and they said, we have been searching for the real deal. And they fell on their face and those soldiers began to weep and said, tell us about this, Jesus, because you are real. And they led those Russian soldiers to Jesus. And come on, give God a praise. And I, I watched the commander of that battalion of Russian soldiers on TBN on a Praise the Lord program with Paul and Jan Crouch telling about this, weeping. They were ready to die, but they were safe in the name of Jesus. They didn't know that, that what was about to happen was about to happen. But they knew, if this is it for me, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. There is a peace in knowing that Jesus, the name of Jesus, is a shelter. My God. Are y'all hearing me? It's 1120. Y'all still doing good? You're doing good. Shout amen. Give me some thumbs up on that. Come on, give me. Come on, I got, I got thumbs up in here. Give me thumbs up out there. Hit that like button. Hit that love button. Comment and say, I'm still here, Pastor. I'm sheltering in place. Then he says something powerful. Listen to this part. Then he says, I will abide. I will dwell. I will encamp in your tabernacle forever. You know, the interesting thing about the word tabernacle is the, the word tabernacle means tent because that's what the tabernacle was. It was a tent that was taken through the wilderness during the 40 years before it ever became a building. Tabernacle means tent. Now watch this. A tent is a place of shelter. It can protect you from the elements. Oh, my God. When it's raining, when it's hot, you can get in the tent. But here's what I want you to get about the word tabernacle. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, we know what verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But what's what happens. It goes on down in John 1, 14, talking about the word, capital W, Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Somebody say dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
dwelt. Do you know that that word dwelt is the word skino? And the word skino in the original Greek is the word tabernacle. Oh, my God, y'all didn't hear me. So the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Set up a tent among us. Lived with us. He didn't tell us to go live out in the street while he stayed in the penthouse. Jesus came among us. My God, are y'all hearing me? He came among us. He didn't tell his disciples to sit around a campfire and rehash his sermons while he went and ate grapes in the green room. He sat around the fireplace with the disciples. Oh, I'm preaching about it. You shout. See, when you dwell in the tabernacle of the Lord forever, that means you get to stay in the same tent he's in. <laughs> oh, my God. How many of those if you had three tents set up? Same kind of tent, made out of the same material, and you saw a storm coming. And you knew in the natural not one of those tents were built to handle the winds that were coming. So in the natural, it made no sock to hide under. But the only option you had was one of the three tents. It was the only shelter that you could find a shelter in place. And one of them was a government official. We thank God for him and we pray for him. And another one was the so-called theological social media theologian that's always rebuking you for everything you put on Facebook, and they're so high and mighty, but they don't even go to a church anywhere. Huh? But in the middle tent was Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. Come on, are you hearing me? The Christos, the Messiah. He's sitting in the same kind of tent that the government's sitting in, and the so-called fleshly experts are sitting in, none of them are equipped to handle the storm. Which tent are you going to get in? You're going to get in the one where Jesus is tabernacling. Huh? Let me tell you something. It ain't the tent that gives you shelter. It's, the, it's who's in the tent. Are y'all hearing me? Because whoever's in the tent makes the tent something that it wasn't capable of doing in the natural. You've seen those, those stories about tornadoes hitting communities. And the whole house is destroyed except the bathtub. And in the bathtub is mama or grandma holding her grandbabies. And I know it ain't always this way, but if you ever watch those kind of stories, about 90% of them go something like this. All I knew to do was call on the Lord. I grabbed my babies and got in the bathtub. I had my Bible with me. I was praying in the name of Jesus. And, and, the, and, the, and the reporters don't know how to handle that, but they're giving God the praise because they know the bathtub didn't save them. It was the name of Jesus, the strong tower. They ran to the name of Jesus. They called on Jesus. They got in the tent with Jesus. They tabernacled with Jesus. They sheltered in place with Jesus. I wish I had somebody online right now that just do something to shout. I don't even know how you shout online. Shout right now. Just shout online. Whew. And then the last way, he said, 
we can shelter in place all in the same verse. I'm going to read the whole thing again, and I'm going to end with this one. Watch this. He says, hear my cry, Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. How many of us, we need to cry out to God. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. The Bible says, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you know not. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Turn from their wicked. Are you hearing me? Verse after verse after verse is telling us to call on the Lord in this time. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer from the ends of the earth. No matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm going through, this whole earth is going through this. I will cry to you. For my heart is overwhelmed. If you're overwhelmed today, let this word change you. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. In the last part, he says, I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Let me tell you something. So many times in Scripture it talks about the wings, sheltering in the wings of the Lord, the secret place of the Most High God. Abide. Abide. You know, when I, was, when I saw this, I thought about immediately, as crazy as it, must, as it might sound, I thought about a strange passage in the book of Luke where Jesus is dealing with the attack of the government against him. The fair, not just the government, but the religious world is trying to stop him. Herod is trying to stop him. They're trying to quiet him. And watch what happens. Luke chapter 13, verse 31. And on that very day, some Pharisees, that's the religious people, came. And they said to him, get out and depart from here. For Herod wants to kill you. How many knows that was a statement to try to put fear in Jesus? Are y'all hearing me? You're going to be killed if you stay. And he said to them, you go and tell that fox. Come on. Come on. Let me tell you something right now. You're going to understand more about why that's so powerful when I read the rest of it. You go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons. I perform cures today. Watch this. And tomorrow. <laughs> I love that part. I love that he said, I'm doing it today, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And when I get to tomorrow, tomorrow will become today. So then I'll also do it tomorrow. How many knows every day I'm here, I'm going to do why I was called to be here. And watch, he says, and on the third day, I will be perfected. He was trying to tell him, I'm not just going to heal people now and tomorrow, but something's going to happen that you're going to think you took me out. But on the third day, this whole plan is going to come into fruition. Do you understand Easter is two weeks from today? Am I right? Two weeks from today. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. That's what I'm talking about here. He gave us resurrection power. Now, I don't know what the church is going to look like on Easter Sunday. As far as gathering, it's looking more and more like it's going to be like this for most people. Some people may get to gather together. I don't know. But I can tell you this. 
whether this place is packed from wall to wall with people or whether it's packed from wall to wall in the online campus all over the world, we will not be ashamed to preach that Jesus came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, and on the third day he came back from the dead, and the same resurrection power that raised him from the dead shall also quicken our mortal bodies and shall is anointing us right now. I can feel his anointing on me right now because he is alive. go tell that fox. I'm healing people. I'm casting out devils. I'm doing it today. I'm doing it tomorrow. And on the third day, I'll be perfected. Watch what he said. Nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the day following. For it cannot be that a prophet perish outside of Jerusalem. In other words, he said, I got to get inside the city. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you were not willing. Jerusalem has always been, when, when Jesus would speak to Jerusalem, he was speaking as a type and shadow to the church. Because when we are born again, we are grafted in to the vine. Are y'all hearing me? One day the body of Christ is going to reign forever in the new Jerusalem. So he's speaking not only to those people of the day, but he's also speaking, he's revealing the heart of Jesus. He's revealing that even though you kill the prophets, even though you try, you're trying to kill me, even though you try to stop this word from going out, it doesn't stop me from wanting to shelter you under my wings as a mother hen would her small chicks. Now here's what's interesting. One of the Number one killers of hens and chicks inside the pen is when a fox gets inside the fence and goes in to the, what they call the hen house. And that fox has got a taste for chicken. That fox must be a preacher. Come on, because all preachers love chicken. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I'm craving Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. Why is that always the case? I got news for you right now. If Chick-fil-A drive through people could administer the test for coronavirus, we'd all be tested by now. In the middle of a in the middle of a pandemic, you can still get through a Chick-fil-A drive-thru faster than you can even if you went inside and got it yourself. It's unbelievable. Watch this. You tell that fox. He can't touch my little chicks. Huh? See. Now, I'm not talking, I'm not trying to call Jesus a chicken. I'm not trying, Jesus wouldn't call himself a chicken. In fact, when he used the analogy of a mother hen protecting the chicks, it was a very bold analogy because he knew the greatest enemy of the mother hen to protecting the chicks and even her own life was the fox. So he called out the leader 
who was, who was orchestrating all of this. And see, the Pharisees tried to make it sound like they, were, they had Jesus in, his, in their best interest. We were just trying to protect you. You need to get out. Now, they were using, what's this, the words, the religious people were using the words of governmental officials, religious people, to strike fear in the hearts of those that trust in Jesus. Y'all ain't getting this. That was so deep it flew right over the top of some of y'all's heads. I'm telling you. Listen, I'm not being told by mayors to calm down. I'm not being told uh, by, by uh, governors and, and mandates from the government to quiet down, to pipe down, that maybe we don't need to talk so much about, against the spirit of fear now. Maybe we need to just, I'm being told by preachers. I'm being told by church people that I need to calm down. I'm not making this up, y'all. I'm being told this. I'm being told by preachers that if I really cared about my community, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have nine other people spread out all over a thousand-seat sanctuary right now. Think about this. I'm in a thousand-seat sanctuary. I have myself and nine people spread out, not just six feet apart, but more than six feet apart. But I, that's right. Don't even have to be here. We don't have to be here. But I'm being told it would be more responsible of me to sit in my chair at home by myself and do this. And I'm not, I'm not coming against anybody that is doing that. I'm, not, I'm just saying every pastor needs to hear from God for themselves. Okay? Every pastor. I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have faith. I'm not saying I have more faith. I'm not saying you're operating in fear. I'm just talking about I'm the shepherd of this house. I'm the pastor of this house. Now I'm going to obey the laws of the land. I'm going to obey those that are ruled over me. I'm going to do what they tell me to do. If they tell me we can't do this, then I'll sit in my chair at home and I'll do it by myself. It's the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. So preachers, let me encourage you. Keep your integrity intact. Keep your influence in the community intact. But keep your kingdom connection intact. When this is over with, will they know that you had power? When this is over with, will they know that you stood for Jesus when everybody else told you to hush and get out of town? Jesus wants to gather us up right now. Come on in and abide in the shadow of the That talith, that prayer shawl that Jesus wore. He pulled that thing over his head and began to pray like every Jewish person would. I'm telling you, that's the wings. That's the wings he's talking about. When a Jewish man takes the talith and puts his fingers through the two little spaces on the ends where the threads are designed for that, it is to bring them, wrap them in their arms. Just like the angels, just like the cherub that was over the glory, the angels took their wings and covered the mercy seat. Jesus is on the mercy seat. Jesus is sitting in the house of God. He's sitting in the tent. He's on the, he's on the rock that is higher than I. He's, he's, he is, he's, a, he's in the belly of the boat sleeping in the middle of the storm. He's walking on the water. I'm telling you, wherever you're at, he's there. 
And he's not there just to be seen. He's there to shelter you. When this pandemic is coming against your family to try to kill you, he wants to gather you like a mother hen with the chicks. Somebody say, Lord, say it with me, Lord, I'm going to shelter in place. I'm going to run to the strong tower because that's where the righteous run. I'm going to say, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I'm going to get in his tent and tabernacle with him when the storm is coming. And when the attack and the death angels trying to pass over, I'm going to hide in the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to shelter in place. It's time to shelter in place. If fear is great you right now, just right now wherever you're at, in that house, if you can, calm everybody down to remove distractions and get serious with God. If you're by yourself sitting in your office chair looking at that screen, looking at your phone, maybe in another room, maybe you live in a home where you're the only Christian in that home. They wouldn't let you watch it on the TV. They want to watch something else. So you're in a bedroom by yourself, feeling isolated, wondering when will my family ever come, come on board with me watching on a, on a tiny little small screen of your phone. Whatever it is, God said to tell you today, stand your ground and shelter in place. Hunker down in the presence of God. Plead the blood of Jesus over your family. Protect your family in the natural, but don't forget, first of all, to cover your family the supernatural power sheltering the name of Jesus. Maybe you're watching this today. Maybe you just stopped right on the end and hadn't even heard most of this message. But the Spirit of God is gripping your heart right now. You feel something. You can't even explain it. Why am I watching this guy? I don't even know who this is. He may be in another state, in another country, never to be able to attend this church. But something has stopped you right now. You are overwhelmed like the psalmist says. I am overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than my situation. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard against it. A place of escape. A place of refuge. It's better than, thank God for masks, thank God for protective equipment and disinfected wipes and all of that. Do all those things. I'm talking about something It's a supernatural disinfectant, a supernatural armor. It's called the armor of God. To every child of God, he's given us an armor to protect us against the fiery darts of the wicked. Helmet of salvation to cover our heads, to make sure that we don't forget that we're saved. A breastplate of righteousness to cover our heart. That no matter what the devil tries to remind us of who we used to be and the things that we've done as a child of God, all that matters is our heart now belongs to God. It's a righteous heart. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. God's called us. The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. Now's the time to walk the calling that God has on you. You have a shield of faith to protect you. And when you feel like Everything is falling. Get behind that shield. Let your faith in the Word of God protect you. You have a belt.
Your loins are girt about with the belt. Truth. Truth. The truth shall set you free. Your hand is the sword of the Spirit. Armor of God. Armor of God. It belongs to only the believers in Jesus Christ. You want to be protected? You want to be sheltered? against the storm, against the virus, against attack, against sickness, not just this wave of attack, but the next wave of attack and the next wave of attack. I'm not saying exempt. I'm just saying protected. Clarity. I need you to pray this prayer with me. Every head in this place, I'm asking you to bow. All around this place, you may be driving, of course, this don't apply to you. But if you can, bow your head. Humble yourself before God. If, you, if you're watching this today and you say, you know what? I don't think I've ever really asked Jesus to forgive me and come into my heart. Maybe you've been to church a few times in your life, but you don't have a memory ever of saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me my sin. Watch this. God's going to prove to you today you don't have to be in a church house to do it. Right there where you're at. Make a decision today to become a child of God. Maybe you're watching today and you said, I prayed that prayer. In fact, I've been, I've been in church, but life happened. Things have happened. I've made bad decisions. I've done some horrible things that I never dreamed I would. I'm out of fellowship with God, but somehow God had me stop on this broadcast. God's speaking to you right now to come back. So if that's you, with every head bowed, I'm going to just pray for you right now. Father, just speak to them. Give them boldness in this moment, to not scroll, to not go to the next broadcast, but to stay here for just a few minutes. And let their life forever be changed. Give them that boldness. Now, if that's you, open your eyes and hold your head up all over the this because it's a different type of altar call. Here's what I want you to do. If you want to be saved today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a minute. But right now, I want you to take just a few seconds, whether it's on your thumbs, whether it's on a keyboard, you're watching on TV, then maybe you can do it on your phone. Let us know later. But I want you to write these words in the comment section. I want to be saved. Just write it in the comment section on YouTube or on Facebook. Just write, I want to be saved. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. Listen, nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to ask you why, what you've done in the past. Just type, I want to be saved. If you've been saved before and you're coming back to the Lord, just say, I'm coming back to Jesus today. I'm coming back. Type it there. Type it there. Type it now. Make sure you do that so that I'll know how to pray for you when I go back and watch this rebroadcast. Now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm stretching my hands towards you right now. Pray this prayer with me. Just say it. Repeat after me. Father, everybody in this house, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now admitting I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask you to forgive me, Jesus. Come into my heart. And save me. From this day forward, I will live for you and for you alone. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Today, I am sheltering under your name and under your wings. I'm tabernacling. I'm getting in your tent. I'm standing with you, Jesus. I'm sheltering in place. Let me know if you prayed that prayer.